Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Let's use this moment to reset. So stop looking at COVID as a partisan dividing line. See it for what it is, a god-awful disease. Let's stop sending each, seeing each other as enemies and start seeing each other for who we are, fellow Americans. Look. Gotta admit, that's a hard one to swallow from the president of the United States. Engage with a political party that said that people who asked a question should be kicked off social media, they should be called pariahs, that they should be called un-American, we should say that they're going to kill grandma, that when parents just wanted to be heard about masks and their kids in schools, they were called by the Justice Department domestic terrorists. There's something strange about Joe Biden's State of the Union, and part of it is what I would only call a disconnect from where America is. Does he not know he doesn't have a mandate? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is great to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and Getter at Tony Katz and Rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Tony Katz on Rumble. Be sure to subscribe. But of course, everything was in the backdrop of what's going on with Ukraine and the invasion uh, from the Soviet Union. Senator Todd Young joins us right now, the senior senator from the state of Indiana. He has been busy on the social medias talking about what's happening. The conflict in Ukraine, right, Senator Young, will likely last for months and potentially longer. The U.S. must continue working with our allies to ensure Ukraine becomes a porcupine that the Russian snake cannot swallow. He joins us right now. And, sir, I do want to get your thoughts on the State of the Union, but we can take it from, you know, Joe Biden with, with a, a rather unifying message of support for Ukraine and, and, the, and the United States being supportive uh, within. Um, but I want to get to your point here about what we're seeing, that this war has not gone well for Russia to start off with, but there's a big difference between a week and months. What are you seeing and what can you tell us? So, uh, uh, Tony, I'm encouraged that Republicans and Democrats uh, came together last night and have come together in recent weeks. uh, And and we all seem to understand that we've got to send a clear message that the United States and uh, our allies are united against Vladimir Putin's aggression. But we're not doing enough. Uh, We need to send in more lethal uh, assistance. We need to uh, get more allies and partners around the world on our side. There are a lot of things that need to be done domestically that, frankly, the president didn't even touch on in his hour-plus speech last night. So uh, energy security is something we absolutely need to lean into. We need to sanction Russia's oil and gas sector. Um, we certainly need to increase our defense spending. So it's going to – this is a critical time. I mean, this is one of those hinge points in the history of the world, and if we don't get this right, uh, then, uh, you know, our, our freedom, our security uh, cannot necessarily be guaranteed. And so uh, while I wanted to be supportive of, you know, all that the president said last night, uh, it was disappointing that he didn't use this opportunity to challenge his own party, which has been wedded to a Green New Deal, uh, which uh, has been resistant to any increases in defense spending. And in fact, uh, until 
you know, just a few weeks ago, they were the party that wanted to cut defense spending. Uh, it, it's time that as the world changes, they change their their manner of thinking, and the president needs to lead. Well, it seemed that the speech in, the, in terms of the State of the Union was very much a rehash of what happened over the last year, specifically policies that didn't go anywhere, whether it's Build Back Better or a host of other things. But he gets into funding the police. He gets into this uh, I, idea of, of unity. Um, did it did it seem surreal to you or did you glean anything from the State of the Union where you said that that I can work with him on? Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was great that he made a passing reference to border security uh, in uh, the context of immigration reform. Let's see what, you know, additional plans or ideas might be forthcoming. I have ideas. I've been leaning into this and in, in other topics recently. But as with so many issues, I suspect the president uh, was engaged in a messaging exercise, and he's not really prepared to make uh, difficult decisions uh, that will challenge the far left of his own party. You indicated that he, he rebranded uh, some of his policy proposals. Absolutely. Build Back Better uh, is, is uh, a massive, massive, largest spending bill in American history. It would fundamentally change how our, our, our economy works, and uh, you know uh, it, would, it, it would impact our culture uh, because of, of the many government programs it creates. And he tried to rebrand it really as, as an inflation control mechanism. We're going to increase green regulation. Uh, we're we're going to increase green mandates. That's going to somehow get an inflation under, under control. Right. I mean, this is nonsensical. So um, I, I am a, a bit exasperated because – when you go into a State of the Union address, you know, I've never felt as though I'm not polling for the president. I am polling for our commander in chief, especially during uh, a time of war in Europe, uh, two million illegal border crossings and, and uh, the worst inflation in four decades. Let's get serious. You know, please, Mr. President, uh, challenge your own party. Do what's right for the American people and we'll be with you. Talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana. Let's talk about Sirius really quick, just for a, a couple of, of moments. The president, the dictator of Belarus, Lukashenko, uh, he's standing in front of a map. He's pointing to all the things that are happening, clearly places that Russia is engaging. And the next thing you know, on the map, it looks like there's a plan for Russia to engage and invade Moldova, which is a country uh, to the south, a little bit to the southwest there of of Ukraine. Does that signal to you that he's just a fool or does that signal to you that Putin doesn't have any plans of stopping? Yeah, I, I think it signals that uh, we, we need to prepare for the possibility, maybe the probability that Putin, if he can, will continue to advance. If, if we create a sense of vulnerability and, and weakness and disunity in the West, uh, Putin will continue to press on, as will other autocrats around the world, like uh, China's leader Xi Jinping. So uh, we, we need to demonstrate strength and resolve, and we can do that by taking the serious domestic actions, which I've uh, alluded to, and also by ensuring that militarily we have enough hard power in our uh, NATO ally countries and in, in our other allies, uh, like Taiwan. We should be sending them uh, arms at, at this moment in history as well so that we can, as I indicated, so that we can make uh, Ukraine, Taiwan and other countries porcupines that can't easily be digested 
and so that we can deter any aggression towards uh, our NATO allies, allies uh, like Poland. And, and you brought that up, sir. You brought that up in a tweet. I was a little surprised. I got to admit, I mean, I've never seen you to be, you know, so shy on, on military issues. Uh, but you think Congress should be, and you tweeted this, that can take its authorizing additional foreign military sales to Taiwan for items like anti-ship missiles to shore up its defenses. So you're Absolutely. saying that, that what we're seeing with Ukraine is proof that if we don't arm up Taiwan, Taiwan will fall. China, as I have said it, is only looking over the, the straits and salivating about what can be. That's right. You know, listen, to all your listeners here, we've all dealt with schoolyard bullies. Uh, it's, it's the same sort of psychology that uh, uh, applies. If we show we're soft, uh, if we demonstrate that uh, we don't have friends, uh, or allies, then the bullies will come after us or our friends. And so we need to show incredible strength, and we can do it by arming our friends, our, our friends like Taiwan and Ukraine and others right now. And that will prevent conflict. I know it's counterintuitive for many uh, uh, Americans, but uh, if we can prepare for war, that will prevent conflict so we won't have other Ukraines breaking out around the world. Uh, so here again, uh, you know, the president is aware that this line of effort has been proposed. He just needs folks like myself and other Americans uh, continuing to emphasize uh, that that we have to do it and that we're going to stay with him uh, if he shows strength and resolve at this moment in history. Senator Todd Young, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us. I know you've got a busy schedule today. You can go back to work and, and represent Hoosiers. Uh, uh, go enjoy that. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. You can call me anything or anything you want. Just don't call me yours. The governor of Indiana has an opportunity, and I'm questioning why he hasn't already talking, taken it. Talking it? He should be taking the opportunity to sign House Bill 1041 into law. It has passed the House. It has passed the Senate. It is the bill that protects Young girls in sports. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Now, if you were to watch the AP write about this or others write about this, it's a bill that would ban transgender girls from participating in girls' K-12 through sports teams. Well, that would make perfect sense because they're not girls. Now, let me say it again for the people in the cheap seats. I don't think you should be rude to people who are questioning themselves. I don't think you should be mean. I don't think you should be derogatory. I don't think you should be violent. I think all of that is criminally insane. There's a story that this guy didn't like the, the governor of Nevada, Sisolak. I forget his first name. Dean? Dean Sisolak? And so he's like, hey, can I take a picture with you? And the governor's like, sure, I'll take a picture with you. Put his arm around him. Right. And, and the next thing you know, this guy is screaming at him and yelling at him about his wife and deals with China. It's 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 madness. You don't do that to people. I don't believe that if someone says they are this, that or the other, you should be mean to them or rude to them. Not at all. But I think you should protect young girls who want to participate in sports. And I don't think schools or the state should be codifying that a child can determine their own gender. And I think the adults who believe this are guilty of child abuse, including elected officials who have been advocating against this legislation. It passed the Senate 32 to 18. 
This should be signed into law already, and I don't know what the governor is waiting for. Well, we're going to have to read the language and really see what it's about. No, no, no. That seems a lot like you looking for a way out. Seems a lot like you, Governor Holcomb, not being willing to engage on the issue. Guess what? Being governor means more than just the business stuff. It means the all the stuff. It means you got to speak out in favor of parents and their right to protect their children. You have to speak out for parents when they want to speak to their school board. And you certainly can advocate for people speaking with a level of decency and not screaming and yelling and causing fights at school board meetings. I'll agree with all of that. But when the Justice Department is calling parents terrorists, you should be out there front and center saying, oh, hell no. You don't talk about who's your parents like that. Who the hell, Merrick Garland, do you think you are? Glad you're not on the Supreme Court, you punk. And then you go from there. Just telling you how it's done, sir. Just sharing with you how it's done. But when it comes to protecting young girls in schools, you should be signing that immediately. You know what it says. You sign it. The people who are pushing for you not to sign it believe that these young girls, these K-12 girls, they should have to accept the fact that there are boys in the locker room and boys competing against them who are by nature physically stronger, and they should accept the fact that they're going to lose. And if they don't accept it, well, then they get called bigoted by elected officials who think that somehow children can decide their gender. So you have two things that you're doing here, Governor Holcomb. Not only are you protecting girls, you're protecting these children who are being told by adults who are acting as if they are predators that the children can determine their own gender, which... Of course, they cannot do. Because when schools determine that children can decide their own gender, maybe that's something they're hiding from the parents. We've already heard about these teachers who have these, uh, what they call them transition closets. Have you not heard of the transition closet? Oh, it's all the craze, all the rage. Right? Why shouldn't kids be able to come to school and change clothes into what they feel comfortable with? There's the the clothes that they're sent to school in, and then there are the clothes that represent who they really are. And the school thinks their job is to do this for the kid, to set up this place of lying So they don't have to share with the parents. And the next thing you know, the school and the teacher and the administrator, whoever else, has already done what they're going to do in poisoning a kid's mind, and it's too late. Oh, I know, I know I'm going to uh, get get in trouble for this, right? Oh, they're going to yell at me. You think we're poisoning kids' minds? Yes. Yes. Of course I do. Children cannot make this decision. Why are you assisting them in making this decision? Why in the world would you even think that you're allowed to do such a thing? Why, oh why, would you hate children so much? It floors one.
Notice I didn't say be mean to the kid. I'll go through it again. Help the kid through. But sometimes children can't make decisions like this. Maybe they have to wait till they're an adult. Maybe they need to seek all the help in the world. Maybe part of what's happening is that they're trying to further separate the child from the parent. Oh, Tony, you're being ridiculous. Am I? I don't think I am. As a matter of fact, I think I'm so dead on the pulse of this thing, you're bothered by it, and that's why you push back against me when you know that I'm right. You're the one abusing children. Why don't you stop it? People who favor this, uh, who, who favor the idea uh, of children being able to decide their own gender. If they can decide their own gender, they can decide their own medical care, because after all, if they, if they are a gender, well, then they can choose to do things to uh, enhance that gender, if you will, or dehance, that, would that be the word, that gender, if you will. And Governor Holcomb, you have a chance to stop it all. Well, not at all. But at least stop the idea that the school can be uh, this wedge between the child and the parent. Cleaving the child away from the parent. So the parent's only job is to make babies and pay taxes so teachers can get paid. And it's certainly not all teachers who feel this way. We should be clear about that. You have the chance to protect girls in sports, and you have a chance to protect children from what can only be described as a predatory relationship from adults who are not the parents. So do it. What the hell are we waiting for? Do it. Sign the legislation, do it right now, and it should be done. And for the people who scream that it's discrimination, no, it's not. Children don't get to make this decision, and children have to be protected most often from themselves. And the discrimination is against those girls in sports. And I don't know why you hate those girls so much, people who think that children can make this decision, but you're wrong. Your hate is unacceptable, and we're going to fight you because our kids are worth it. And protecting children means we're willing to fight for them. And if you think you understand what I mean by fighting, I guarantee you that you don't. They're our kids. We're really willing to fight. It'd be a lot easier if the governor signs the bill. Because he should. Because it's a bill worth signing. And kids need to be protected on both sides. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, everything. Instagram, Tony Katz. And, of course, TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today. It worked. We created jobs, lots of jobs. In fact, our economy created over 6.5 million new jobs just last year. More jobs in one year than ever before in the history of the United States of America. The economy grew at a rate of 5.7 last year, the strongest growth rate in 40 years. And the first step in bringing fundamental change to our economy that hasn't worked for working people in this nation for too long. It's always amazing when Joe Biden takes credit for creating jobs, which only involves people going back to work at the jobs he told them they couldn't go to. 
Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, rumble.com slash Tony Katz for the morning rumble and all the videos, all the podcast stuff. You find it all there, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. State of the Union last night there to see it happen. Representative Jackie Walorski, she represents the 2nd District of Indiana and somebody who's been around some parts of, of the country that do a fair amount of the manufacturing. Uh, Joe Biden spoke a lot about manufacturing yesterday. For the past 40 years, we were told the tax break for those at the top and benefits would trickle down and everyone would, would benefit. But that trickle-down theory led to a weaker economic growth, lower wages, bigger deficits, and a widening gap between the top and everyone else in, in, in nearly a century. Yet somehow, every time he talks about manufacturing, he goes into a conversation like that. So did we see a Joe Biden who's convinced that American manufacturing is the way out? Is there anything he's willing to do to help make that happen? Jackie Walorski represents RV country, where they do a lot of manufacturing. Uh, Congresswoman, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Uh, Overall, your take on the State of the Union. Thanks, Tony. Joe Biden's trying to rewrite history, and he's done this before. You know, he promises unity. He promises all these great things. And then we find out that he still the biggest supporter of a radical socialist agenda that's hurting our country. That's reality. What happened last night, I have no idea. But it's easy to take Republican talking points and talk about safe communities and, you know, rebuilding the economy and those kinds of things. When we have ships holding parts for the RV industry out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, he's not willing to do a thing about that. It was absolutely shocking. I felt like Ronald Reagan saying, well, here we go again. Here we have a rewrite of history right before our very eyes, but the American people know the truth. One of the things that you said in your statement about the State of the Union, as Hoosiers watch gas prices and grocery bills soar and threats escalate at home and abroad, Biden is doubling down on his radical agenda that prioritizes liberal political wins over results for the American people. There certainly was a lot of conversation from uh, President Biden about the things that he's already tried as if he was reselling it to America. Um, Your constituents, where there is a lot of manufacturing uh, going on, and you talk about some of those supply chain issues, what specifically are they saying to you about what's happened over the past year? The RV companies, the manufacturers that are in my district are absolutely, I think you could say every bridge has been burned in them trusting Washington to get anything fixed. Everything's been broken with this global supply chain. You know, uh, there was just an article on Monday, another record month for the RV industry. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, you know, we're going to hit a point where this broken supply chain starts catching up with that. And then you know what they want to hear? They want to hear about stability at the government level. They want to hear, they want to see the unlocking of all of those ships that are drowning, by the way, and burning, sitting out there in line. And, you know, when CEOs are looking for the stability, they're not finding it in Joe Biden. They certainly didn't find it last night when he tried to rewrite history. I think talk is cheap. I think Americans are totally burned out with his, with his talk. They're living the reality of what he's created. So there are two things going on that I think that are moving people. Talking to Congresswoman Jackie Walorski from the 2nd District of Indiana, uh, there is how our lives are affected by domestic policy. And we're taking a long look at Ukraine and the invasion uh, from uh, Russia. Now, you serve 
on uh, ways and means. You you have the responsibility to the money. Uh, is there going to be more and more movement asking for more money for uh, the Ukrainian people to be able to defend themselves? And as you see it, based on the speech last night, are Republicans and Democrats willing to write the check to help them? Well, I think what's interesting is I think the American people have latched on to the idea the heroes here are the Ukrainian people. And when we when Biden wasted a year not listening to what's actually happening over there, when they were asking us, the Ukrainians were asking us for weapons. He had a year to compile and to to literally front load them. You can watch the storm coming just like a hurricane. You watch it, you track it and you activate. He activated so late with with sanctions and the things that he came up with you know we're trying to again we're coming in from behind we're pushing all of these weapons now that they're purchasing ukrainians are buying we're pushing them through poland and our nato allies but certainly not at the breakneck speed of i think what we thought was going to happen that we were really going to you know be proactive and get weapons over there thank god donald trump floated them all of those weapons and sold sold to them what they have now or they would not have had one single thing to operate with now he of course the the story being that trump did send them the javelins and other things and it was barack obama who sent them uh blankets flashlights and, and blankets right and, and good thoughts and, and 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 happy thoughts the question before us though is based on what you saw last night you know president biden we can say what we will and we will agree about much it was probably the strongest he's ever been it was as close to acceptable as i could have gotten out of, of joe biden in this conversation about ukraine and you saw both sides of the aisle standing up and and, and, and applauding the idea of doing more regarding putin's aggression are you going to be seeing uh dollar requests coming through how big are those requests and will they be approved uh we are we going to see more u.s dollars going out the door for this i think the american people are with us on this i think watching a war uh come play out on your tv and you're sitting there watching us 24 7 i think the american people and i think members of congress in a bipartisan way are willing to do what the ukrainians are asking let's and now we're going to have to start put you know shoving uh you know, the civilians that are leaving and going into the NATO countries, we're going to have to start looking at humanitarian aid. And we are looking at additional weapons and they are moving out the door. We've not seen a number yet to approve on the floor. We've not seen the details of what the, uh, Biden was talking about last night. But I really do believe it's too little too late. But I really do credit the Trump administration. We would not be having this discussion today, Tony, if they did not have the weapons to start the defense. So I do think there's bipartisan support. I think the American people are with us. And I think that, you know, for all of us, you know, that that are at the end of the baby boomer generation and we're looking and seeing things that we really have not have never you know experienced in this country since World War II. And I will say one thing that's good that's happening. And I give all credit to these NATO nations that are standing and doing their thing. The model of NATO is working for the first time in my lifetime. They're banding together. We're sending troops to help them on their borders, not on the Ukrainian side. And I think this is exactly what we should be doing. And we've learned a lot in the last seven days. I want to take it back to the State of the Union and how it it affects us. Of course, we're watching how 
uh, the invasion uh, affects us right here at home. Um, but I, I left the, the State of the Union, having watched it from home and not there in, in the chamber, wondering exactly who the audience was. I brought this up earlier. I want to go back to it. I had been making the argument that it's very hard for Joe Biden to sell anything. He talks about Build Back Better, but there's no word that uh, Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, is going to move on that. Never mind uh, anything else from, from Senator cinema uh there were no new policy ideas but he did get into an idea that what we should do is fund the police not defund the police fund That's the police my favorite that was you're my favorite line there. of the night I'm you're like, in yeah, the room you, you you've got you've got you a casio cortez sitting. to the left and you've got another one to the right what did you make of that it, it just it, it's just uh it's unreal i don't think anybody expected him to rattle off the republican talkers because we've tracked him for 52 weeks and he's destroying this country and the majority of Americans are with us. I mean, to watch the cities in this country burn down last year and into this year, carjackings up, crime is up, people are afraid. And I learned last night for the first time, you know, with all of our fellow Americans that, oh, we're going to support police now. Well, that's good. Welcome to the reality, you know, uh, of people in big cities being terrified to walk outside their door. The American people want safe communities. And welcome to, you know, the other part of this with inflation. And every single American has been taxed, even though Joe Biden thinks that, you know, unless you make over 400000 you will not be taxed a penny, he said last night. Well, welcome to inflation. Inflation is a tax on every American. And we're seeing and we're feeling it. The American people are done with his stories, his promises, and actually watching what he's done for 52 weeks. How do you take this in your view? And how do you, without, without the, the, the standard line of he's a liar, how do you reach people who are on the fence about it? Maybe they voted for Biden in 2020, but they didn't necessarily vote for this, but they're not sure they want to be a Republican. How, what is the argument that the party is prepared to make in these midterms to take back control of the House and the Senate? You know, we've got task forces that meet every week here in D.C., and we put, we're putting our bills into this uh, task force to address the things that Biden has done. So as soon as we get the House back in January, we can start addressing the things like, you know, Keystone Pipeline. We can start addressing the issues that have stifled companies and have continued to put pressure on CEOs to get the workforce back to work. And let's not forget that it was Joe Biden who sent $5 trillion into the economy and paid people to stay home. And he's wondering today why people are not in the workforce and working. So I would tell you, we already have the answers. We have worked on a task force for 52, 54, 56 weeks now, ready to address the debacle that he got us into by repealing legislation, if it's repealable, and working for alternative legislation like pay time off, like child care, things to get people back into the workforce, because we are supplying the solutions in a very transparent way. We're telling Americans exactly what we're doing, and we've drafted the bills to file them in January. We're not messing around. There's no time to mess around. And to hear him try to, re- to redo history and to rewrite history last night was not only disgusting, it was a disgrace to the American people. The people I represent, Tony, are double-income households, a lot of senior citizens. It's 20-some degrees in Indiana. Propane's up 50%. You can't buy anything in the store. And 
we have a president that says if you don't make if you make over four hundred thousand, you're going to see a tax, but nobody else is. I'm telling you, people are hot. You want to rile the Hoosiers, raise their gas prices, take their food away, and pretend like everything's okay. Americans aren't buying it. It's too little, too late. Congresswoman Jackie Walorski, the second district of Indiana. Walorski, W-A-L-O-R-S-K-I, Walorski.house.gov is where you can find her. It's always a pleasure. We will talk again soon. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz.